He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. This is a, a, a drum I've been banging for a while is that I, you know, your technology should be in place to remove friction from the guest experience so that you can focus your energy and your resources on serving the guest even better. So it's not necessarily all about just automation so that there's no human interaction. We're in a human business, right? So people, people want to have that interaction with another person. Uh, but at the same time, we are at a point where I, we've, we've accepted a lot of friction for far too long that this is just mm -hmm. the normal standard. And that now if we can actually look at, look at it and say, well, this is actually slowing our business down, which then makes our guests jump through more hoops. And it puts more of an effort on our team members or on management and leadership that can better be allocated somewhere else, whether it is focused on growing your business or if it's drinking margaritas on the beach. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, let's begin. What's up, all my slick talkers out there? This episode is an exciting episode because I'm joined by Josh Leibman, who is Mr. Guest Experience himself. And in this episode, we're going to dive into the balance of hospitality when it comes to operations and guest experience. There is a balance and there can be too much automation and not enough human interaction. And there can also be too little automation and procedures and systems and too much human interaction when it comes to operations. This is a, a very good episode and I, I'm very thankful that Josh was willing to join me on the show. He's also been a guest on multiple other podcasts within the hospitality.fm sphere. So definitely go check it out, look it up and like and subscribe to everything in the show notes and enjoy. This episode is brought to you by my friends at Hostfully. And if you're a property manager anywhere in the country, then you definitely need to look at joining Hostfully for their property management software or their digital guidebooks, because we all know that streamlining your operations as a property management company or a host can be super difficult and time consuming. And this is the tool that helps you take care of that and earn back time from your day and to actually have a life. So if you haven't already, go to Hostfully.com, use my code talk 20 and make sure that you have that ready to go because it will be a game changer for you. So go ahead, go to the link in the show notes, hostfully.com, use code SLICKTALK20 and enjoy having some time back in your life. And now back to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and uh, we're taking it round two. This is a second attempt uh, for us trying to record, so hopefully we'll get this one down today. But Josh, welcome to the show, my friend, and I'm excited to jump into your, your background with uh, attractions and theme parks and all the other stuff that go into 
another side of hospitality. So if you want to give us a quick intro on you and what you've been doing and how you got into the industry, I would love to uh, hear more. Absolutely. Will, really excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, so yeah, I've been in the hospitality, tourism, and attractions industry for uh, about 17 years. So I've been in the business since 2005. A lot of my experience very much is on the attraction side. So that includes theme parks, amusement parks, uh, cultural attractions like zoos, museums, aquariums. So probably a different area of hospitality than most people are are used to talking about from the typical hotels, resorts, et cetera, restaurants, things like that. I, but a lot of the focus that I've been doing the last several years has been very much the hospitality side of the business. So mm -hmm. I previously, I've worked for Disney, I've worked for Universal, I've I opened a number of theme parks, amusement parks and attractions and consulted for the industry as well, uh, as well as for hotels and resorts too. Uh, shortly after uh, getting out of grad school, I got my master's in hospitality and tourism. I was consulting for brands like Ritz Carlton and Four Seasons and Waldorf Astoria and Mandarin Oriental and probably a lot of ones that, uh, that you're familiar with and was able to actually take a lot of what's being done in the luxury and premium hotel and resort space and be able to uh, uh, infuse a lot of that into uh, places like zoos and aquariums and museums and, uh, and amusement parks and things like that. So I, a lot of the consulting that I've done over the years is very much in the realm of guest experience. And the operational part of guest experience is very much driven by hospitality. So that's a lot of what I like to talk about in terms of driving loyalty and resolving uh, complaints and uh, exceeding expectations, going above and beyond, just creating wow moments and memorable experiences. Uh, most recently, I uh, was appointed the role of guest experience evangelist by Roller Software, which is a, a tech company based in Australia, uh, focusing on, on ticketing and point of sale for attractions of various scopes. And a lot of what's being done at Roller is really talking about removing friction from many areas of the guest experience. And when you remove friction, it makes it much more convenient and that convenience leads to loyalty. So that's a lot of what I love talking about, about removing friction, making things more convenient for your guests, and then being able to infuse your hospitality standard into it and take all of that and, and drive loyalty and, and advocacy to your brand. I love that so much. I put a star by on my notes that convenience leads to loyalty because I'm a big fan of convenience. Uh, my roommates or friends will probably make fun of me. Uh, because I always say like, Hey, if it's not convenient, I don't want to do it. Like it needs to be, it needs to make sense. And I don't like to waste time. I don't like to, you know, wait around too long. Um, selfishly, I think the Amazon prime now, like we're so used to like, Hey, if we order something, we get it the next day, even same day if we wanted, um, and kind of joke about that. But I would love to kind of get your thought and opinion because I look at attractions and theme parks and, you know, stuff like Disney and Universal as kind of like daytime hospitality, right? Because a lot of people aren't, you can't stay at the park overnight. You can stay at a hotel near the park overnight. Um, but this is a very different type of hospitality, especially because it's a lot about like, hey, trying to get as through as many people as possible for this one particular ride, uh, attraction, maybe it's a... A cool Star Wars character that's trying to take a bunch of pictures with everybody. Uh, so, what's it kind of like for you on the hospitality? How do you bring hospitality to something that could be so 
so numbers based, so time like, hey, let's just get everyone through type of uh, structure. What's that like for you when you go into a, a kind of a company like that? Well, that's uh, that's an awesome question, and uh, you know that that kind of brings me back to uh, when I when I used to work, uh, you know, for Universal and for Disney, that particularly around the. Uh, the holiday season, uh, you know, the busiest week of the year is is right between Christmas and New Year's. And those are the days where, like, the parks are hitting capacity. So it very much is that numbers game, like you just said. we, we got to get people through, uh, but we got to deliver an amazing experience with it as well. And I remember seeing what some of the biggest complaints that guests had during those times of years. And, yeah, they would, they would complain about crowds and complain about this and that. Uh, but then they would say the, the amount of times I saw the phrase, herded like cattle. Uh, it was <laughs> unbelievable. They felt like they were being herded like cattle through a queue, which means that they're actually kind of complaining about how efficient we're trying to be to get them mm -hmm. to the front of the line so that they're not waiting as long. Uh, and ultimately, when, when you focus on that efficiency, but without the personalization without the experimental experiential elements of it, then it, it kind of makes the guest more of a transaction uh, rather than an actual guest. And, and it becomes about throughput and becomes about numbers. Uh, now it's extremely important to be able to do that and focus that efficiency and make sure you're getting your guests through, uh, you know, as, as quickly and, you know, as safely as, you know, as possible, given the, given the circumstance, given the level of crowds. Uh, but at the same time, you can't lose sight of the fact that they are here that they want to have fun while they're doing it and being able to add in a personal touch or at least to acknowledge to them that they're waiting in line or make that wait time uh, less of a burden, less frustrating. What is it that you know we can do to actually make that time meaningful for them while they're while they're waiting for that part of an experience? So uh, a number of of I would say diving off points that, that obviously we can go to from there. But as far as saying, hey, here's here's the line, here's the efficiency. The end of the road is this amazing attraction or this ride or this roller coaster or whatever it is. Uh, how are we making sure that the time is being well spent just to get up to that point of the experience? I was going to ask you, that's kind of my, my leading question is, how do you individualize something like that with such a big number of people? Like you, it is a numbers game, but it also, like you just said, you know, there is a point where you kind of need to make it less tra transactional. So do you have any examples? I would be curious, like immediately in my head, I would think of, okay, a, a line is super long, but it's a super popular ride, right? Like how do you make that more enjoyable? Well, you get some staff out there, you create some entertainment, maybe some free snacks or drinks. I don't know what that looks like, but um, that's kind of what pops in my head. Is there anything in particular that you thought was really cool or special uh, from your time doing that, uh, making that kind of painful experience of line waiting uh, to not be as painful? You can do all of those things. Uh, when I worked at Cedar Point, uh, they had DJs in many of the queues. Okay. And you can request like a song. That. The DJ would be up there. He'd be engaging the audience to try to create a little bit of a, of I guess, somewhat of a party atmosphere or at least just a yeah. high energy because waiting in line and going through the switchbacks and just going back and <laughs> forth. Yeah, it feels like being herded like cattle. Like, yeah, like those guests yeah. aren't wrong for feeling that way. I, but a lot of what I talk about, too, is, I, you know, creating a personalized experience for your guests. And this very much is, is where the hospitality component comes in. And when you look at the idea of creating a personalized experience, it's very much an accordion style process. 
if it's 100%. very slow, if there's no one around and you've got the opportunity to strike up a conversation with that guest, then you can have these questions preloaded. Where are you visiting from? How long are you in town? Are you enjoying your stay here? Is it your first time here? What are you looking forward to doing today? Any and, and all of that, uh, you're able to weave that into your interactions with guests and being able to have those conversations as much as possible. The guest ultimately has their expectations exceeded because it goes beyond the functional mechanics of the job duty. So it goes goes a little bit above and beyond. It's not, you know, it's, it's not the most monumental thing in the entire world, but it doesn't need to be. It needs to be higher than average, but consistently. And if you look at the other end of the spectrum, if it's that, you know, that a week between Christmas and New Year's and it's extremely busy, you don't necessarily have the opportunity to have those deep of conversations with guests, but you can look at the quick elements, kind of the, the quick hit conversation pieces that you can have with guests that don't disrupt the efficiency, but at the same time, create a little bit of a personal approach. So how often do you see people walking around whether, whether it's in hotels, whether it's at theme parks, whether it's out of the street, whatever it is, and they're wearing hats and T-shirts with could be uh, their university or their favorite sports team logo or a, a movie or a band or whatever it is, uh, so often people are wearing conversation starters. So if you see someone wearing, you know, a, a Red Sox hat, it could be like, oh, are you, you know, coming from Boston? What's the weather like back home? And then you move on. And then it's a little bit of that personal touch. And it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, a, a logo or kind of, you know, some intellectual property or you know, familiar environment. It could be, hey, I, I really like that hat. I really like that sweater, you know, wh whatever it is yeah. uh, that enables you to at least seek a commonality with the guest. Uh, and, and it doesn't matter if you're even familiar with that that product or not. I, when, I, when I would do training workshops, I would joke and say, hey, if you know, if you're a fan of, you know, their rival team, you know, that that can create some friendly conversation. And I've heard instances where it's created not friendly conversation. So you gotta <laughs> obviously watch out for that. Uh, but it, you know, it, it can be those those quick moments to show the guest that yes, you're focused on on the efficiency and the safety of the operation and everything that's going on, but at the same time you value their individuality as the guest who came to visit as well. I love that. And a, a really good example is, you know, I was, when we first met actually, or started talking when I was in Cancun, my flight home, I was wearing this white kind of like waffle, like hoodie. And it was just, I travel comfortably. I don't travel for style or fashion. I just travel comfortable. Um, and the amount of compliments from TSA members, airline members, just like, Oh, I love that hoodie. It's like, Oh, like that's a really nice thing to go out of the way. And I think, you know, I'm not a big sports fan. I don't, you know, follow sports teams. I'm not into NFL. I'm not like a, you know, I'm not going to watch the game every Sunday. So for me, trying to relate with people with sports is hard, but you can always at least bring up like, hey, like, uh, you know, you can always bring up a simple question that doesn't have to reference the actual team. Like, you know, sports or know the team. You can always reference, you know, like, hey, are they, is there a game coming up soon? Have you, have you been to a live game? You know, just asking questions about stuff. Because maybe they got that hoodie or that hat or that T-shirt at the game and it sparks a really good memory because they were able to bring their seven-year-old daughter or whatever that may be uh, to the game. Um, so, yeah, you could find, like, I love that, the what you said, you know, people are wearing conversation starters. Now, that's, like, such a great point. I think attention to detail uh, and you kind of reference it to 
you know, pay attention to body language and, and, and tone of voice and all that other stuff, because maybe you can mention a rival team and eh, they may not be so happy with it. So you could just kind of pick up on those cues. Um, but how I want to ask you kind of a question now, because obviously and I'm not going to try to say it, but over the last two years, we've kind of experienced a lot less human interaction. Um, is there a way or maybe it, do you know of creative ways that people can keep that individuality, hospitality type feel with such a virtual heavy, um, I guess, engagement with guests now with, you know, you know, COVID was a big, obviously a big thing. Um, but I feel like we're not experiencing as much in person. So is there a way to still keep that type of hospitality engaged with your, your guests where we're not seeing them in person as much? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the principles of a, a personalized experience and many of those hospitality elements, I think really I uh, can transcend uh, the the application or whatever type of inter interface it is, uh, whether, whether it's in person, whether it's on the phone, whether it's uh, via email or through some sort of, uh, you know, text chat uh, to be able to say, well, what can I do to make this person feel like the only one, even if it's just in that moment. Uh, and so many small things using, using their name uh, is so important. And, you know, we know that that's, you know, one of the biggest, uh, you know, hospitality principles, particularly, you know, as you go up to the, to the luxury brands and you're, you're checking in how many times is the front desk agent, you know, using your name in real life. So yeah. I think something like that, I, I very easily can be, um, can be transferred over into the digital world. And I think that it, it, it might even be easier to do that in, in some cases. I like I don't have to remember that your name is Will. It's right there on my screen right there. So I, I've yeah. got that quick identifier. Obviously, I remember anyway. But uh, <laughs> just that that quick reminder and that ability to, to say, all right, I can use this person's name uh, throughout conversation and, uh, and create a personalized experience that it uh, makes them feel like an individual in this moment in whatever setting it is, whether it's in reality or whether it's virtual. And I think, um, and I want to get your take on this too, a big, I don't know, passion concept I've had with hospitality in this last you know couple months is balanced hospitality. I think a lot of people um, are really focusing on automation to the extreme, you know, especially coming from the short-term rental or the vacation rental world. Um, where people are like, you can automate everything so you can be on the beach laying and uh, drinking margaritas all day and not have to do a single thing. It's like, whoa, like, how do you know what's actually going on in your business then if you have it that automated, right? Um, and how does the guest feel, right? Does, do they get that kind of uh, herded like cattle feel when it comes to asking a, a specific question, maybe that you didn't have an automation response for, and then they get an automation response that doesn't really relate to what they just asked you and now they're feeling like, there's, there's a, a missing link, right? Um, so the, the question really I have for you is, is there a way that, you know, this type of hospitality, whether it's theme parks, hotels, airlines, you name it, anything under the spectrum of travel, um, how do we increase that high tech, high touch feel where it's not automated to the point where we're kind of losing touch of what's actually happening in our business, but we're also not doing the tedious tasks that like, I'm sure that you're experiencing with roller, that they're solving a lot of the tedious, mundane things that the team doesn't really need to be doing. Software should really be taken care of, so that way they can go focus on those personalized experiences uh, with guests on the theme park or in line in the queue, whatever it may be. Uh, is there is there like a certain 
I don't know, opinion that you have on that? Is there, what have you seen kind of when it comes to balanced hospitality, as I like to call it? Hey, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode, and I wanted to drop in quickly to let you know that our partners at Jetstream have some of the best-in-class technology that sits at the heart of the guest experience with a focus on generating revenue for your property assets. With their platform, your property gets the best-in-class tech and integrations to remote access, guest screening, booking protection, and payment processing. Better yet, their team does all of the hard work of 24-7 guest communication and content creation. So go ahead, click the link in the show notes so you can jump on board today and take advantage of their professional hospitality team. Now, we're back to the episode. You know, this is a, a, a drum I've been banging for a while is that I, you know, your technology should be in place to remove friction from the guest experience so that you can focus your energy and your resources on serving the guest even better. So it's not necessarily all about just automation so that there's no human interaction. We're in a human business, right? So people, people want to have that interaction with another person. Uh, but at the same time, we are at a point where I, we've, we've accepted a lot of friction for far too long that this is just mm -hmm. the normal standard. And that now if we can actually look at, look at it and say, well, this is actually slowing our business down which then makes our guests jump through more hoops and it puts more of an effort on our team members or on management and leadership that can better be allocated somewhere else, whether it is focused on growing your business or if it's drinking margaritas on the beach, right? But hopefully it's you know, towards growing your business that we can implement a lot of technology to be able to uh, remove much of the administrative work. And that yeah. I think is, uh, is a big thing to be focusing on because your guests want an easy experience. You mentioned Amazon Prime at the beginning of the interview. And if you look at mm -hmm. Amazon, you look at Netflix and Uber and DoorDash, uh, you probably don't think of yourself as competing with these businesses. But if you look at the ways that they've removed friction from their experience for their guests or customers, it has reset the expectation across the board. So people are now comparing you to their last great experience, regardless of what industry they was in. So yeah, if yeah. you can go on Amazon Prime and you can order a package and have it be delivered next day or even same day, well, that now changes my feeling of when I book a hotel room or when I check into a hotel room, what, what is that instant gratification that my brain has been rewired to work? So kind mm -hmm. of tying this in with your question as far as sort of the, the automation component of it and, uh, and the, the efficiency and the balance with the guest experience, what can you do to remove hurdles from the guest experience that allow you to position your staff to better serve the guests. And I'll, I'll give you one quick example, and, and it's something we're seeing pretty big in the attractions industry right now, is buying tickets. I, you know, so, so much of it is online. Uh, majority of, of places are, are selling tickets online and, and a huge percentage of guests are buying online. Uh, but for those guests who arrive on site and they wanna purchase, uh, they wanna purchase at, the, at the point of sale on site, uh, 
you've got the the traditional you know queue up to the you know ticket window or ticket counter or whatever it is and it's it's often a one to one interaction and that's been the traditional model for however many decades but by implementing a self service kiosk well now you give the guests the agency over their transaction so similar i mean there's there's self check in 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 hotels so the the human element is not needed for the functional component of the transaction but instead of eliminating your staff altogether now instead of having a 1 to 1 ratio of staff member and cash register maybe you have a 1 to 3 ratio or 1 to 4 ratio with staff member and kiosk and now that person can actually be floating a little bit more and they can jump in they can help you they can they can offer assistance they can answer questions for you they can help guide you through the process they can tell you what's available they can get you excited about it and the only thing they're not doing is swiping your credit card because they, they don't need to, right? That's that's yeah. already able to be done. So I so that's part of part of the balance there of saying, you know, you don't want to eliminate the human component altogether. People want that human to human experience, but there are many things that it that, that it's no longer needed for. And you know, buying tickets or or transacting, uh, at least the functional mechanics of it, is something that you know that we could put more agency into the hands of the guests for. Totally agree. And you kind of brought up a, like a memory or just something that just kind of sparked a, and I, not an idea, but I've talked about this in the past, like that, that Verizon wireless experience, right? When you walk into a Verizon store, you're not waiting in line at a front desk to get helped. You walk in and someone literally walks up to you with an iPad and is ready to take care of you based off of either your current account that you have with them. They can pull up with the last four of your number or just saying, hey, I want to get the new iPhone or I want to get the new Samsung, whatever the device may be, or you're looking for different charging cables. I don't know. But you have that experience, right? You walk in and it's already like you don't have to wait in this line and you have that free float comfortability where you can also relate with that person. There's no barrier. I'm a front desk guy. I started with the front desk with Marriott. Uh, so you don't have that barrier between you and the guests now. And uh, a company that kind of sparks to mind also is uh, Muse in the in the hotel, hospitality, travel industry is that um, they've created a property management software that is like a CRM where you're not just selling a room, you're selling space. So whether it's a co-working space inside your hotel, whether it's a, a, a day use room, whether it's a, a hostel and you're selling a bunk bed instead of a room, whatever it may be. Um, they have that ability where they've changed the software to remember the person, not the overall just transaction, right? So you're able to be, um, you know, when I was a front office manager, the only way our repeat guest really had that repeat guest experience uh, was basically um, if I was on site, right? Like, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, welcome back yeah. to the hotel. So good to see you again. But if I wasn't there, they didn't get that experience. And you said earlier in the interview is higher than average service, but consistently. So how do you keep that consistency when your staff member that's on site has a day off and that guest doesn't get that same experience? So I think technology can really help with that consistency aspect that you're talking about, because that's the biggest thing I think we've all seen, especially during COVID, is that, you know, we've lost consistency overall. Uh, would you would you agree with something like that? Is there more or less, uh, I don't know, I feel like we're not at that point of consistency again with travel, but I could be wrong. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and just, I mean, to, to touch on the point that, that yeah, you can uh, have your technology help guide you towards recognizing that loyalty or recognizing that repeat visitation. Uh, yeah. You're right. In a, in a perfect world, if you went back to a business for the second time, every single employee would welcome you back by name and it would be, yeah. you know, you know, the, the place where everyone knows your name, right. And it becomes a, a familiar, uh, friendly environment. Um, well, if you're, if you're serving so many people, you, you need the support of technology to be able to send you those reminders. Hey, this person is loyal. They're a member of our loyalty uh, program. They, they've got this status, right? We, uh, you know, we talk about memberships and annual passes in the attraction space. Yeah. So here's that gentle nudge to welcome that person back. Thank them very much for their membership. Thank them for being a pass holder, whatever it is. I, and then the consistency comes with, I, comes with a lot of training. It comes with a lot of practice. Uh, and it comes with authenticity. It comes with the, the desire to want to serve the guest in that way. I, you know, I, I look at so many things around me uh, where I, I walk in and, and I remember the staff member and they're talking to me like, like I'm, you know, a, a first time, you know, person yeah. there, or there are times where I, where I don't remember the staff member and they welcome me back. And that, I mean, that, that's above average, right? That right yeah. there, you know, creates a, a memory that says, Hey, they actually care about me, not as a customer, not as a transaction, but as a guest and as a valued individual. So yeah, that, uh, that consistency, uh, you know, comes with, comes with the training, it comes with the practice and it comes with that, that authenticity and desire to, to serve that way. So the big question is though, how do you find the people that have that desire? Because I think, uh, it's so hard to find people that gen like, I think we get a lot of, I, I, I don't know from your experience in the past, but doing a lot of like staff interviews, like, Hey, like my, the number one question I was asked when I got hired at Marriott was how are you with people and how are you with tech? And if I'll tell you the answers, the answers was one, I love people tech. I'll probably have to learn. It'll take me a little, a little bit of a, a little bit of a learning curve. I've never done a hotel before. That was my, that was my exact response. And my manager said, Great, because if you said that opposite, where you said, I love technology, I'm really good with it, I can learn it like the back of my hand, but with people, uh, I'm not the biggest fan, you know, I, I might, I get snappy, I don't like, you know, I don't like uh, requests and dumb questions, you know, all that type of stuff. Uh, he said I wouldn't have gotten the job, but the fact that you answer it differently, uh, or that the reverse round um, was a key indicator that it was a good fit. So, but how did like... How do attraction theme parks hire for people that actually, you know, you don't get that guy that's just kind of behind the, the ticket saying like, all right, left lane, left lane, right lane. You know, how do you, how do you hire for that? Because it's such a serving role, right? And I don't think a lot, a lot of people maybe say that they like to serve and get energy from it. But, uh, I, I think you could tell pretty quickly when they're in that type of position that they do or don't. For sure. And, and the hiring for front of house and frontline employees in the attraction space, I would say, is very similar uh, to hotels because it's it's a lot of that same hospitality mindset and that desire to serve. Uh, so, you know, I, I think a lot of it and, and the tough part of it is for a lot of people coming into the industry, it's their first job. So if you look yeah. at the resume, you look at their past experience, that's not necessarily going to tell the story. So it, it is about really pulling out uh, what this person would do in certain circumstances, uh, whether it is normal day-to-day -day circumstances or those that come up, those that are unusual, uh, or those unusual day-to-day -day circumstances that you can kind of uh, you know set your clock to. I, so I, I think a lot of 
scenario-based questions. What would you do if a, if a guest complained about a policy that you can't change? How would, how would you uh, explain that to the guest? You know, something like that. Uh, and, and then a lot of it uh, can be reinforced in training and, you know, in, in onboarding and orientation of saying, this is, this is our standard. Uh, this is now your opportunity. If, if you don't think that, uh, that you can do this or that you would like to do this, you know, we don't want to waste your time. We don't want you to waste yeah. our time. You know, this is the, you know, the, uh, a good time here to kind of, kind of opt out and do it without any hard feelings whatsoever. Um, so, you know, screening for those types of qualities can be challenging, but I think uh, in in the training and development of those employees, that there's a lot that can be uh, a lot can be accomplished and achieved from it. I agree. I think also the big thing that we don't maybe talk about enough is that your employees are serving, so you need to serve them, so that way they're getting filled again. Uh, it's it's easy for people to take take take. And so when you're always being taken from, quote unquote, you're not like being taken from, but um, yeah, when you're always serving people, you know, you do need that replenishment of like, you know, whether it's training, but then realizing in the training, I think the biggest thing, and I'll call myself out on this when I was a manager is that when I was doing training, I was trying to get through the material rather than recognizing that the material is very applicable to their certain skill set. Uh, we're not training to... Um, not that I was like putting people down, but I was training to build out their efficiency or the, yeah, their, the places that they weren't super strong in, uh, when rather I could have been going out of the different way and complimenting them on how they, they do take that extra second to pause and recognize the guest as a human rather than a check-in or check-out or a, a clean or a turnover or whatever it may be. Um, so I think, you know, giving back into your staff is a, is a really important way to apply the training because I feel like the more energized they get from that, the more that energy is going to carry through the, the transaction and the, the conversation experience they have with the, the guest. Uh, so always one thing that I like, if I could go back to my management days, that's one thing I would change a little bit. Um, but what do you think from a managerial standpoint, I guess, or even a technology standpoint is, do you feel like tech is really giving the training and the, the knowledge base to the overall end user uh, enough to the point where they can use it properly in order to kind of hand off that admin work and really focus on the guest experience? Yeah, I think that there's been a lot of a lot of advancements in user experience that uh, that allows the guest to have more control over their experience and, and their transaction. Uh, and that user experience needs to be intuitive for the staff as well. Uh, yeah. So when you were when we're talking about training for standards and for guest service and for you know the the, the hospitality measures of the operation, I, I think that's really where the meat and potatoes lie. Uh, so if you're spending a lot of time on training for technology, then the question is, well, why why does the technology need so much focus on training versus you know why why isn't it as user friendly or or as intuitive as perhaps it could be? So I think um, kind of looking at those hand in hand as far as, uh, you know, how is the employee using the tech that's being handed to them? How is the guest using the tech that's being handed to them? Is it easy for the guest to figure out? Is it easy for the employee to be able to, uh, uh, to be onboarded onto it quickly and with, uh, you know, with, with the right amount of training, but uh, without having to go through an excessive amount just to do their standard job function? 
Josh, I, I love to ask kind of a, a final question to a lot of guests and that, that goes into kind of two things. One, tell us a little bit more about your podcast because I'm curious, uh, just from, uh, overall podcaster, uh, point of view, but then two, um, if you could have one place for any listener to kind of check out more about what you're doing or more about just anything that you've talked about today, where would you send them? So it's a two parter, uh, you know, tell us about your podcast and where would you send people, uh, from the show notes? So I host uh, the guest experience show for roller, uh, that can be found on the major podcast platforms. And so I, I focus a lot, uh, in the attractions industry, but also I uh, kind of everything, uh, in, in peripheral to it as well. So I've had people on from hotels, from airlines, from sports, uh, and, and just all, uh, all, all segments that, that focus on guest experience and really driving an experience. Um, and, uh, as far as where you can find me. I know you said one place, but I'll give two and it is LinkedIn and Twitter. So feel free to connect right. with me on LinkedIn uh, or follow me on Twitter. It's uh, Joshua underscore Liebman, L-I-E-B-M-A-N. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to tag both of them in the show notes and make sure that everything is is correct there. But Josh, I do want to say thank you so much for one for your patience on the a uh, little bit of a hiccup with our, our recording this morning. But then also just thank you for being on the show and thank you for putting out the content that you do and talking about the important stuff that we kind of covered today because, um, yeah, it's just, it's a breath of fresh air, uh, from, you know, a hospitality person to another. Uh, it's just, yeah, I think we, we geek out about this stuff a lot, but it's, uh, it was always nice to dive in deep. So I appreciate you taking the time today. This was a blast. Thanks for having me. Will. of course. All right. Slick talkers, you heard it first here. Make sure you like, and subscribe everything. So that way you check out, uh, everything that Josh has talked about in the show, as well as his LinkedIn and Twitter. And we'll see you all again next week. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoyed the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week. In hotels and vacation rentals, the top complaints or issues are noise, garbage, and parking. I may not be able to solve all of your parking and garbage problems, but I could definitely help with your noise problems. And that actually might just help your garbage and parking problems too. So NoiseAware is the only 100% privacy safe noise monitoring solution that property managers and owners can use in order to ensure they avoid parties and other issues happening at their property. You won't get notified when a plate breaks. But if you have a little quiet get together that kind of gets out of hand like this, then NoiseAware will give you the peace of mind to ensure that you and your property, and of course, your profits are protected. So use my code SLICKTALK20 to get 20% off of all noise monitoring devices and focus on the other important things that help you run your business. Now, thank you for checking out Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Get back to the episode. And don't forget to check out NoiseAware while you're listening.